Welcome, Namaste and welcome to the 16th episode of the Kendramaya podcast. My name is Kendramaya and I am a yogi at the 17,000 year old ancient school of Himalayan yoga called Trilok Akhara. I am learning to become a Siddha yogi with my Guru, Guru Pashupati. Today's topic is this really interesting topic that I have, you know, tried to learn about since I was a child because it basically affects every single aspect of one's life. Just like a lot of things we talk about in this podcast. But this one is a special one for me because I have personally have been on a journey of trying to find the most optimal solution to this very question, which is how to make decisions, how to make the right decision for you, for oneself and for the people that we care about. This is a really important question because the the action of not making a decision is also a decision. When you decide not to make a decision, you just decided to do nothing, to dwell longer on your choices. And when you do that, when you dwell for too long in indecision, there is something, basically you destroy your own self. Dwelling too long in a space of indecision leads to self-destruction. And that is a bitter truth that a lot of us need to be reminded of because we understand sometimes that if we don't make a decision, we can just keep postponing this for as long as possible and it costs us nothing. What it does, it costs opportunities, it costs self-sabotage or self-harm. I mean, in economics we study um, opportunity cost. But yeah, so those people who are from an economics background, they would understand it also from that point of view. But it's also a lot of self-damage that you do to yourself if you don't make a decision because once you, once you, once your body is existing, so your mind and your body, they start because they are connected. If your mind is split into two options and since it's connected to the body, it also ends up the body at a cellular level as well experiences this split upness, this this fragmentation that you are experiencing at your mental level. That's how yoga perceives it. And now there is also research as I've spoken about in some of my previous podcast episodes that at an epigenetic level, the you know mental state of being and meditation therefore, which affects the mental state of being, can affect your cells at a genetic level. 
even intergenerationally across generations. So if my grandparents experienced trauma because of war, then that is transmitted through my epigenetically and reaching me through the inheritance of genetics of DNA. Alright, so I you know looked up a lot of resources online about how to make decisions and in this podcast I will first now also get a bit more into what already exists before I do uh, before I share with you the perspective of Himalayan yoga on this question. So what I came across was a lot of times people are trying to decide between whether to use their head or their heart to make a decision. So they say that when you're making decisions about money, you should use your head, you should use logic, you should use pro and con, pros and cons, you should use, should, you should make an analytical model of what you, what kind of numbers, what kind of financial goals you want and what kind of business you're running, etc. It's all based on these huge amounts of data that you use your head to solve and make decisions based out of. But when we talk about matters related to romance or love or relationships, friendships, uh, dreams and whether or not you want to have a child, etc. When you talk about these matters, people say that you should think with your heart and don't use your head for this. Go with your heart. Go. And so another way of looking at it is the head symbolizes logic and intellectual reasoning and the heart here symbolizes emotions and feelings. So essentially what people are saying is when you talk about money you use logic but when you talk about love you use your feelings and your emotions. And this is a really stark distinction between logic and emotions which uh, yoga does not find it necessary. Also there is another type of decision that you can make based on your gut feeling. So now we are looking at decisions emerging from three places in the body. The gut, when you make it based on intuition or gut feeling, that is coming from your actual gut, from your stomach maybe. And then there is the heart and then there is the head or the brain. These are the three places that people say that people often make decisions from and that's commonly occurring. So from the perspective of yoga, this is uh, quite relevant but we have a more advanced way of looking at it. So in yoga, the three places of the gut, the heart and the brain are considered um, important centers of action that affect the entire body. And these three places are further divided into three parts each. So we have the gut, the heart and the brain. 
So, Western science uh, has identified the gut as B as having an enteric nervous system. So, we also produce neurotransmitters like serotonin in the gut, but we also produce them in the brain that is the central nervous system. And they have not really identified heart, the heart as being a center of key, uh, emo, uh, key uh, factors or key neurotransmitters that affect the whole body yet. But in yoga, we do identify all these three as being of essential importance for determining the state of the entire body. And these three are further divided into three each, which then together form the nine chakras. And these nine chakras, so the gut is divided into three parts and then the heart is itself divided into three parts and so is the brain. And the three chakras that emerge from the brain go up even above one's physical body, so above one's, on top of one's head also, that is the highest. So, that is how yoga looks upon these three parts of the body from which important decision making does emerge. And yeah, so that is the yogic perspective on it. And then we also have, as I was going through some of the methods they spoke about online, there is one that I came across called the 5 C's framework that Abby Davison speaks about in her book. I forgot the name of the book, but you can look her up and the 5 C's framework, which is clarify, communicate, choices, check-in and consequences. So, yeah, I just basically this framework is uh, of course uh, useful to a certain degree uh, because it is wanting pe for people to reach a space of clarity and then you communicate that clarity to yourself and to the people concerned in the decision making and of course you look at your choices and you check in with the other people and with yourself whether you are okay with what has been decided and then in the future there will be consequences whether you made a right decision or a wrong decision. So usually for wrong decisions, wrong decisions are nothing but an opportunity for learning. So there is no such thing as a wrong decision in yoga at least. It is all an opportunity for growth or learning and failure in fact is an essential ingredient for success. So, but let us leave that aside. Consequences of course are something that are an important part of decision making. That is what we are afraid of. If we make the wrong decision, we are afraid of the consequences. So, that is where fear comes in and yeah, so fear itself is another topic that we can talk about another in another episode. But uh, yeah, so the 5 C's framework looks at the importance of doing all these 5 things, clarifying to yourself and to the other person and communicating what is, what they feel about it and what they think about the decision that they need to make and then looking at the choices and then checking in and agreeing with each other that this is what we are going to do and then if there are consequences, if there something goes wrong then they you know mitigate the consequences. Uh, but then the question is in today's world 
we are mired by a lot of uncertainty about everything and also a lot of confusion because also because we have a lot of confusing signals coming from our external environment maybe through social media or through your immediate environment in, in, in the organization that you work for or in your friend circles and of course we have too many options also which can be making things even more confusing. So in this setup how does one go about actually making the right choice? And to answer that question it's a great idea to know what is it that you want. So it's important to ask yourself what is it that you want and here when you ask yourself this question be careful not to want the things that other people want of you. So there's a book also on this called when our wants are not ours or something to this effect when people are for example I am interested in I, I feel that what I want is to have a child or to yeah let's say let's say I want to have a child but in this case okay uh, this is a hypothetical situation all right so let's say person A wants to have a child but then the person A needs to ask themselves if this is what they want or if this is what their family or their friends or their ancestors want from them. I mean, it makes sense like the family, your grandparents, they want to continue their genetics, their genetic line and so biologi it's a biological imperative to want to have a child. So, but your ancestors maybe want it or your grandparents want it but maybe you don't because you are simply financially in a mess. I mean it takes a lot of money to raise a child. I was listening to that also in a podcast and it takes about 1.5 million dollars to just raise a child and then you have to additionally pay more for their education. This is excluding education. This is in the United States. So it's probably quarter or less than that in India and maybe half of that in Europe or a bit more than half in Europe. I don't know but it's probably pretty high and people are tending to underestimate how much uh, it costs. Of course it depends on how much child support the government provides in which country you are. So it, there are obviously a lot of variation in this figure but the point is that you got to know for yourself, you got to answer this question for yourself what do you want versus what do other people want of you and you think that this is also what you want. And this is um, something that can be tackled uh, as was actually suggested and also what is making a lot of sense is to tackle such questions when you are in a space of abundance as opposed to being in a space of scarcity. From a yogic perspective, making decisions from a place of abundance 
leads to is much more likely to lead to growth and good emotions and happiness and joy than making it from a place of scarcity so if you were interested in having a relationship then it's better to have a relationship not when you have just emerged from one that that ended so you then if you get into a new relationship you're just filling a hole this is again coming from a place of scarcity so that's something that could be done for example you know people can make decisions about their lives when they are feeling more expansive for example in a natural setting when they are in a forest or when they are in a place with a wonderful view that makes them happy so then they feel more expansive and abundant and that's a good place to make important decisions from uh from a yogic point of view again it's important also to go beyond the duality that seems to exist when you are about to make a choice you perhaps when you are about to make a decision perhaps you look at it and you think for example that i can either be in a relationship or i cannot be in a relationship you 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 look at it in terms of dual options that have zero overlap but actually life is full of creative ways to exist and express itself and there are other choices in between that you're not aware of that other people are doing so it's always a good idea so this is also coming from a place of abundance if you're coming from a place of abundance you will see the abundant number of choices that you actually have and it won't be from a place of duality because you have it's important to go beyond the duality to see the innumerable options in between and that is possible if you're coming from a place of abundance now going back to the skill of knowing what you want it really boils down to finding your inner voice in himalayan yoga this is considered of the paramount importance but it's something that is considered important not because of some fancy lines from some textbook <laughs> but because it is central to anything that you want to do to be able to hear your inner voice to be able to know what you want is essential to being blissful and to being fulfilled and happy because if you are going around fulfilling other people's desires and listening to the other voices in your head which is not you but other people's wants maybe your friends or family or your ancestors then you're probably going to make them happy yeah you will make them happy once you fulfill those needs but you won't make yourself happy and if you're okay with that then go for it but if you actually want to fulfill your own needs then it would be a good idea to learn to understand the mind 
and to communicate honestly with yourself about your needs. That starts with terminating negative self-talk and creating a space for honest and constructive communication with yourself. And that's really the essence of meditation. The first step is to be able to communicate honestly with yourself, to find out your needs, your desires. And that's something we teach at Himalayan Holistic Healing. So, some of my students are learning how to find their inner voice and those who signed up for the course and from the Brain Chatter Terminator 1 course that we have on Patreon. Uh, so, it starts with communicating honestly with yourself and that leads you to finding your inner voice and what you want and that all ties together to be able to make better and better decisions for yourself, to be able to reach higher and higher states of being, higher and higher emotions, so that your minimum emotion can be patience. You know, you don't have to experience fear, you don't have to live in stress, you don't have to be guilty or depressed. It may be somebody else's fault that that's the emotion you're experiencing, that maybe it's your peers or your parents or your children or your or the government. It could be somebody else's fault, but the moment you take responsibility for fixing it, that's all you need to do, you take responsibility to fix it. And choosing to meditate consistently in in a specific way that will abandon your fears. So, there are specific types of meditation that can help with that. Uh, that that's definitely a step in the right direction and uh, taking the empowered position of fixing your own problems even if somebody else created them. And this is how, this is the journey that I have been on of optimizing my ability to make decisions by simply waking up being now I'm able to just wake up in the morning and ask myself and decide what I do in that day just with crystal clear clarity because I have access to my inner voice but it has taken some time to develop that it doesn't happen uh, with a few months of meditation it takes uh, it can take at least a year probably more, but at least a year. The first three months will already make a lot of change once you start to do the meditations. Alright, so that's for those people who are on the fence about whether or not they want to meditate. <laughs> so, I have been just um, sharing this because in yoga, the way we do it we have actually also a method to a method that is part of yoga siddhi meditation where you can apply this anytime you want and make the right decision for yourself and we also teach this as part of the first <clears throat> 3 months and it's if you are interested then you can obviously reach out 
So, this method is basically about being present in your body first, so associating with your body and then be becoming certain that you can develop the capacity to make the right decisions for yourself and then the actual master stroke which is this the decision making itself which happens when we connect to all the parts of the body the brain the heart and the gut and then we feel it in our body and we feel it in every part of us every single cell every single nerve when we are making the right choice to make the right choice so we feel it from every part of us that's how we do it in yoga and there is a simple 10 minute meditation to get there all right so this is a topic that's close to my heart and those people who are living in a lot of confusion and inability to make decisions i hope it has helped you if you're listening I've been in that place and I know how shitty it can be. Uh, but know that there is a way out also through yoga. For all the others, I hope you enjoyed the episode. A free way of supporting us. If you did find value in this episode, then please do subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, under Kendra Maya at Kendra Maya and rate us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also donate us donate to the podcast Bitcoins at the KM Podcast at albi.com. And of course we have our and also we have a free webinar coming up next su- uh, week on Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. Central European time uh, on Zoom. So it's a, it's 90 minute long and it's about recovering from stress. So anyone who's interested can just email me and I can, I can share the Zoom link. And of course there's the opportunity to also become a patron and to join the course uh, which is uh, about seven, seven, eight euros a month, and in three months, you would have already gone pretty far in your journey of communicating honestly with yourself. All right. Oh. Uh-huh.